Welcome to Faith Fondue, a new podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of May 23rd, Pentecost Sunday. Good morning, Anne. How was your trip to the East Coast and your niece's confirmation? Hi, Haley. Good morning. Excited to talk to you today a little bit about graduation, graduation speakers, or should we say commencement speakers, uh, memories of our own graduation, Pentecost, the PGA Championship, and 143 Day. And maybe I had 143 Day a little bit early. Yes, I was in our, our nation's capital last Sunday, well, last weekend for my niece, and my goddaughter, Grace, her confirmation. It was just a wonderful day in her life, and I'm so grateful I was able to be there. Uh, for anyone who lives away from their family, um, it can be hard because you miss kind of the day-to-day stuff. But when you do get to spend time, it is just, you just savor it and really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful I was able to travel. Uh, for me, it was like getting back on a bicycle. I didn't, I was un, unfazed by, you know, re-entering into that space, which I haven't done since January 2020. And I know you've traveled as well. So you've probably had your own experience of what that was like. Um, but DC is such a great city. It is truly, you know, our nation's capital. There are new memorials. I got to check out the Eisenhower Memorial and the World War I Memorial, both of which are new. And I so appreciate that we um, as a nation have made really, you know, an intentional effort to have memorials, museums accessible to the people at no cost. Just a, an open mind and a curious mind. So yeah, it's really great. I ha- I'll have to check out the World War One uh, monument. I have visited the World War Two monument, um, which we'll have to talk about another time um, with my grandmother, who of course is a, a World War Two veteran. So that was a, a special trip that probably warrants a, a whole a whole podcast on. Um, but I also saw this week that the Smithsonian museums are opening up again in DC. And you're right, it is, you know, living in Annapolis, it's right down the road from us. The The resources we have um, so close in, in our nation's capital are, are really remarkable. Indeed, like I felt a certain amount of pressure when I lived in Washington DC thinking I need to get to these museums as much as I can, because if I, you know, from the Bay Area ever return home, it's not going to be the same in the sense of access. And um, for example, I wanted to go to the African-American History Museum. It's closed on Monday, Tuesday, limited hours, but it is reopening. And all of these museums, you can go online. They have great websites. Uh, If you, you know, go to these outdoor memorials, now you just scan the signage and there's audio tours um, my brother asked a great question at the end of the World War I muse- um, memorial. He said, okay, what's one thing you learned? And I'm actually glad he asked the question because it, you know, forced me to think about what did I read? What was I paying attention to? And it's interesting. It opened only in April of this year. It's not complete yet, but um, there is a wall, and I'll post the photo of this with a quote and there's water kind of draping over the wall with this quote. And I, as I read it, I honestly started to tear up. It was so beautiful and, um, you know, difficult because it's about war. And my niece, so I kind of think of it as a little mystic. My niece Lucy was sitting on the stairs in front of it, and I captured a picture of her reading it. 
And I just thought that really captured kind of the moment. And in the background is the DC, you know, DC doesn't have an impressive skyline because it's a government city. So it's not like a financial, you can't have anything higher architecturally than the Capitol building. So, you know, it doesn't have these high rises, so to speak, but you can see some of the skyline, um, the old post office and whatnot in the background. So it's quite a, a great use of the space. It's next to the Willard Hotel. So um, check it out if yeah. you get a chance. Yeah, I will. That's that's really neat. And, you know, it is some of the newer memorials to events or people um, really, ha they're really powerful. And what a gift that um, the creators uh, of those monuments and memorials have to be able to capture um, in just one quote, right? Something mm -hmm. that can move the, the yes. visitors to, to feel that emotion. And, you know, it's not much different than a, a graduation speaker or a commencement speaker um, and the time and the care that, that speakers put into, you know, their addresses to the students. So of course it's graduation time. Today was actually Notre Dame's commencement. Um, I had the great privilege of um, being the, the principal speaker at Notre Dame's commencement in 2012. Um, I was asked for a number of reasons. Um, one, I think because they had asked probably 20 other people who, who had declined. Um, but it was also to, to commemorate no. the <laughs> oh, well, maybe, maybe only 12 or 15 people. But um, 2012 was the 20th anniversary of our bus accident that had happened in um, 1992. And the class of 2012 had also lost um, yeah. a classmate in a, in a tragic way. Um, so they were we, we had some similarities in that sense and, and was able to tailor my message specifically towards that. But, you know, it's really interesting once um, you have given a commencement address. First of all, I still look back, and of course it's been nine years now since that Sunday. Um, it remains a, a highlight of my life. Oh, I, I can't imagine I, it would. I mean, wow. I, and, I, and it always will. I can't imagine yes. anything greater than being invited back to speak yeah. at your alma mater. And, you know, there's times when I still look at pictures. Of course, Facebook memory pictures popped up this week from that day. And wow. there are still times I can't believe I did it. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, and we talked last week about, you know, Father, you know, Father Ted Hesburgh's prayer, come Holy Spirit. And I think I shared last week how walking into Notre Dame Stadium next to Father John, um, Notre Dame's president, that's all I kept saying to myself was come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Wow. So I know, I knew, and I still know between the Holy Spirit and then of course my two teammates, Megan Beeler and Colleen Hip, they were not going to let me fail. You know, this was one mm -hmm. of the biggest stages for Notre Dame swimming. And um, I knew that, that they would want me to do a good job, yeah. but it's it's a privilege. It was a privilege to speak to them. Um, wow. You know, there was some there was some grumblings. Their seniors weren't really psyched about you know someone they had never heard of coming to speak, and there was a whole couple op eds about. I can't believe our speaker doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. And oh wow, it was oh. it it provided a little comedy um, and jokes. Way to go! Yep for for my speech, but you know it was really interesting, and I've never forgotten this. I I had a phone call with um, the late Governor Joe Kernan, who I was speaking um, of him. Yes, Haley. who had yes. also been asked and invited to Correct. speak at Notre Dame's graduation, and. There were Notre Dame students who were upset about his invitation. 
I remember that because it was, I think, the year after I graduated. It was 97, correct? Yes. And I'm not sure of the year, but that sounds yeah, about right. it was. I, I went to that graduation. And, and not the actual, but I was like, I came back for senior week because I was very close to some women in that class. And I remember and thinking, how ungracious well, are we as students, and, you know, and trying to be empathetic, but like uh well and and you know so so late governor joe kernan he just recently passed away um you know he was the governor of indiana had been lieutenant governor he'd been mayor of south bend he was a vietnam pow you know prisoner of war war hero i if you're gonna that if you're gonna complain about him then you're definitely gonna complain about me but I had a conversation with him on the phone, and I'll never forget it because I was sitting on my front step outside, and he said, Haley, with with the privilege comes the responsibility, and you were asked for a reason. So just enjoy every moment of it because you deserve to be there. Yes. And I've always thought of that. It just enjoy it. You were asked for a reason, and you were meant to be there. So enjoy it. Don't let anyone take away from the experience for you. And and so that's really the lead that I followed. And, and it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, but it also, I, it also gives me a new lens through which I watch and listen to other commencement speakers, not just at Notre Dame, but around the country. I, I find it fascinating sure. who schools invite, why they invite yep. certain people. Um, you know, I, somebody once said, you know, you either remember who your speaker was or you remember what they say. And I always wanted to be someone, you know, for whom people remembered what I said. They don't need to remember who they, who I was, but, you know, hopefully they listened and remembered, um, you know, some of my takeaways, but I certainly remember my graduation speaker, um, at the time she was the first female provost at a major research university. That was her, um, sort of claim to fame title at the time. Of course, it was Condoleezza Rice, who was at, at Stanford at the time, but she would go on to be, you know, Secretary of State and certainly have, um, you know, an amazing career afterwards. But at the time, she was not as well known. Um, I'm sure there were people in my class who grumbled about that. Um, you know, yeah. we we were the 150th graduating class from the University mm-hmm. of Notre Dame. And Everyone thought, you know, okay, couldn't we get somebody better? Well, I always mm. said that the Notre, the university had, you know, foresight. They knew she was somebody better that the before the students did. <laughs> and she's an alumna, and as she's well an alumna for her MA. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so, what about you? Who was your speaker? Do you remember? So I do remember my who my speaker was, Marianne Glendon. I also remember, I, you know, I just as someone who pays attention for whatever reason, maybe it's the educator in me, I've always paid attention. So I remember Condoleezza Rice was the speaker of your year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Marianne Glennon was introduced, kind of like, I think she was at Boston College or there was, it was maybe Harvard, but she was chosen for the purpose of, um, she was the Vatican representative to the International 95 Beijing Conference on Women. And this was sponsored by the UN. So, okay, you know, that should have, I don't know, it was maybe a different era. Like that was, a, it was celebrated, but my question is, would it have been more celebrated today given our times and just, you know, women, women you know, increasingly make, trying to make efforts towards equity. 
Um, I don't remember her speech at all. Um, I do remember, however, the Latari medalist, um, who is Sister Helen Prejean. Um, most people kind of knew who she was. The book Dead Man Walking was pretty popular. I don't know if the movie was out yet with Sean Penn, but um, she was an outspoken advocate against capital punishment, a religious woman. Um, and she's from South Louisiana. So, uh, you know, Cajun lady who just has like a ton of fire and personality. She just curled up to that microphone as if it was no stranger. She's a great public speaker. Very much similar to, you know, Jimmy Dunn today was very casual. Um, and that's kind of him. Um, you know, and he's got the New York, Long Island accent. So they kind of get away with things that, you know, based on their sheer personality that maybe other speakers who are more formal wouldn't. Um, but anyone, you ask most of my classmates, they think Helen Prejean was the commencement speaker. So, oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Now, what's interesting as well is two things. Um, because Jimmy mentioned it today, and a colleague who is also a, a former colleague who is a Notre Dame grad said, I was really disappointed that Notre Dame did not invite President Joe Biden to be the speaker because there's a standing tradition of inviting U.S. presidents in their first year of their presidency to the university. And I thought, time out. And he qualified it because he said, you know, Trump wasn't invited, but they had Mike Pence. So people see that as that workaround. Well, I'm in the class of 96 and it was supposed to be Bill Clinton. And I remember there was a lot of talk about it. And um, President Clinton did not speak. So, um, you know, this historical precedent for tradition. And I, I've noticed this in schools where I've worked or among people where you do things twice and it becomes a tradition in this country. So just to, you know, and, and Jimmy mentioned it, like he's chosen and not, you know, President Biden. But um, yeah, it was um, Marianne Glendon. And in 2004, the irony is President Obama in his first year was the speaker. And that was met with great controversy she was deemed the recipient for the Latari medal and she gave it, she did not, she declined it because mm. she felt it was like a political ploy by the university to balance kind of the politics because a lot of, you know, people had looked at President Obama's pro-life voting record and they thought that that was deplorable, that they would, in, in, you know, have the speaker at the graduation and so um, I don't know who got the Latari medal that year. I wonder, I, we'd have to look that up if anyone did, but she turned it down. So kind of an interesting just path, you know, circle for, again, graduations are, are important and timely, but they're not without controversy right. or, you know, grumbling, like right. you said, about your class. And I was also thinking like Joe Kernan was mayor South Bend. Now, when we were students, we would have been like, you know, what's that about? Um, hello, Pete Buttigieg now is like known, but he's like exactly. elevated that um, that title. So I think students would look at that title differently today, um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's um, and, and you know, the, I, I laugh when you say if you do something twice, it's considered a, a long standing tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, presidents are presidents and and. You know, Clinton wasn't invited in 92 either, but I think he had already come to speak there. I think I remember he came and spoke during his campaign. So he had already just been on campus, which I think is why 
you know, in 92, 93, yeah, when he was first was elected, he didn't come. And, yeah. you know, and, and President Biden, when he was vice president, received the Latari Medal. So it actually didn't surprise me at all that Notre Dame didn't invite him because he had just spoken at a commencement address, yep. you know, a few years ago. Um, yep. You know, so I did think, OK, so maybe they'll invite, you know, Vice President Harris. But the other thing that, you know, I kind of joked about it earlier, um, you know, we never know who's been invited and who hasn't. And, um, you know, people can get all up in arms. I can't believe Notre Dame didn't invite President Biden. Well, maybe they did. Um, you know, and that takes nothing nothing away from from Jimmy Dunn. I thought he was an excellent choice for this year, especially with this being the 20th anniversary, you know, upcoming in the fall yep. of 9-11. Um, yeah. And he was very, you know, moving and, and passionate. And, and, you know, his emotions were very clear. I mean, he was talking about his mother and, you know, got choked up. I just I thought he did a, a really nice job of, of connecting his experience at Notre Dame with with the person that he became. And I do think that is a very unique thing that no president or no celebrity can do at a commencement. And that is speak to the graduates as one of them, Um, you know, for us to be able to share our experience in Notre Dame and how that has played a role in our lives. 40, you know, whatever he said, six or seven years later, for me at the time, it was, you know, 15, 16 years later. Um, you know, is, is a unique experience. So we may not be the president of the United States or the vice president, but um, doesn't mean we don't still have something to offer. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite quote from him today was, the mark of a great university is that you learn more than they are teaching. Yes, that was I great. That's, I think that's true of any school. Um, it implies the holistic view of education. And I that certainly resonated with me. And then he's so right. He talked about, in any like in great joy and in great distress we don't know how we will act and so you have to have this foundation you know and he could have never anticipated the events of 9-11 there's just no way and that what his company would lose and also what they would be able to provide so that foundation has to be really strong um you know, he had he had great parents. Um, he had a good family. Uh, obviously, a great work ethic. Um, great friends. His roommates were in the audience. I thought that was quite telling. Yeah. Um, his wife and children were there too. So um, those are the things that. And then you know, his true love for Notre Dame, and um, I think also Catholic education is one of my takeaways. I think he really believes in that, um, as I do, and so that's his foundation. Um, that enabled him to do that. And I, I would just like to add, you know, one of my closest friends lost her dad. Her dad died when we were in eighth grade. And she talked about when she hears his story, she hears it through the eyes of someone who, fortunately, his work was able to provide the financial resources so she and her siblings could go to college. And she says, you don't understand. And she's not even the the parent, but she's the recipient of you know, all that, when that stress is taken away, what an incredible gift that is. So for me, one of the highlights was knowing that one of the, um, one of the graduates today, um, his father died in, um, the attacks on, you know, the world trade too. And he was able to go to Notre Dame and that tuition, and he named other graduates and at other schools, but that their family didn't have to reconcile that resource. What an incredible gift. An amazing gift. 
an amazing gift. Yeah. Um, and he's also, Jimmy Dunn, a big golfer. There's a great, we'll attach a link to it. There's a, a great story about him that they showed in part during Notre Dame's graduation. Um, kind of the, in the importance that golf played in his life on that day. Um, yeah, it saved his life, really. It, it saved his yeah. life, truly. Yeah. Um, it's kind of annoying that he's actually, he's really good. I mean, he has the course record at Shinnecock. I mean, this guy is kind of like, I mean, if you're born under a lucky star, you better, it says Jimmy Dunn. I mean, that star, I mean, and he would, you know, probably own that, but he is a good, I mean, what a son of a gun, you know, <laughs> to have had so many blessings. And, and, and I know he wouldn't, to have that loss, you wouldn't wish that on anyone, but. We'll no. give him a shout out for his golf game, for sure. Absolutely. And his generosity and all those lessons, I'm sure, that he learned at Notre Dame that made him um, that way. But today is the, uh, what is it, the PGA Championship? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of golf. Yeah. And I am a big Phil Mickelson fan, so I am rooting for him. So, Haley, is that the, is it like the San Diego, Arizona connection for you? It's more, I mean, having family in both or? It's, the, it's, tell me more, about that. it's more the Arizona connection than anything. Uh-huh. Um, I okay. don't know much about him. I think he's a yeah. good guy. Um, yeah. You know. He's cool. Everybody loves, I mean, he's a lefty. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's, it's more the ASU connection. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And his brother coached there. His brother is his caddy. He's on the bag to Mickelson. Um, so Phil is 50 years young. He will be 51 next month. And if he wins, which I hope he does, I, my prediction um, is that he will not. I hate to say that. I think Brooks Kepka is just too good. But let's um, let's. I'm going to watch today with anticipation for it. He will be the oldest um, golfer to have won a major. Uh, Sam Snead won at the age of 52. He won a PGH. You know. Uh, sponsored tournament. So uh, I think a lot of people are excited. It's great. You know, he, he didn't even qualify for the U S open. He had to get an exemption. The U S open will be father's day weekend in June, but it's in Torrey Pines, which is kind of his backyard. Um, He hasn't won. So if you win a tournament, a lot of these tournaments have, you're an automatic Mm, play in it. So he won, I think it was 2003 or 2005, the PGA championship, just because his world ranking is up. So that's why he's there. It's in Kiowa Island, which is uh, the low country, as they call it, for South Carolina. It just looks so beautiful. It really does. Yeah. God, what a beautiful part of the country. I have not been. um, My women's golf group opted for Whistling Straits in Kohler, Wisconsin. And when it was like 40 degrees and the wind was blowing, I was like, I could have been in Kiowa. (laughs) <laughs> or it'd be the wind would still be blowing, but it would be maybe seventy five degrees. So well, hope to get there at yeah, some point. One day when I take up golf, we'll uh, we'll head down there. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. on to our spiritual stew. It is Pentecost, and that is a word that I learned to spell this week because I was making our show notes and I kept spelling it P E N T A, and it kept kept uh, correcting me. So I now know how to spell Pentecost. Um, I, I didn't actually know really much about it. I've heard of it. I certainly know it's an important day in the church. Um, but I did a little research and, and just kind of read about its origins. That's sort of my spiritual stew for today. Um, apparently it, it has roots in the old Testament, um, where they talk about Pentecost is a Jewish feast day. It's a feast day, um, for Jewish people back in the Old Testament, but they didn't call it that. Apparently Pentecost is the Greek name. Um, The Jews called it the Feast of the Harvest. I guess there are two harvests in um, two harvest seasons, and this is the beginning of the first 
harvest. So it is the Feast of Harvest. Um, and as Jesus's followers were gathering for the Feast of Harvest, that is when the Holy Spirit descended upon the church um, where they were gathered and where Peter really spoke for the first time and declared Jesus as the Messiah um, and, you know, fulfilling that prophecy. And that is when many people consider uh, to be the founding of the church, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, um, right. You know, and I I feel a little silly um, and uninformed on my own end, not that no one had shared that with me. I'm sure they had. Um, but this is really the beginning of our church. I mean, that's this is like yes. the church's birthday. It is. Um, oh, that's exactly right. So mm -hmm. what a what a day to celebrate and certainly yeah. good for me to learn how to spell it. So um, today is the Feast of Harvest and uh, Pentecost, where we celebrate really the founding of our church. Yeah. Now, you know, it's um, the Penta, Pent, like think of the Pentagon, five sides. So uh, 50 days. And I always try to rem remind myself and young people, the 50 days of the Easter season, right? It comes to a close um, but that trumps the 40 days. So this, the idea, the notion is that the celebration, right, and living in light of faith is really what is more important than, you know, the renunciation, the the spiritual discipline of, of Lent. Both are called for, but, you know, we celebrate um, today and this season. And the disciples were in this locked room, you know, and Mary was with them. That's what it says in Acts of the Apostles. So even though Peter is made the head of the church, it's significant that Mary is there as well because, you know, he's the head, but she's the heart. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why people were gathered. Um, they had experienced this loss, but they are sent forth. And um, I think the red that the priest will wear, the vestments of red is so like, you know, I love that significance. And before Notre Dame's commencement today, we were able to see the, the baccalaureate mass. And it was really quite striking to mm -hmm. see, you know, all these Holy Cross priests wearing that beautiful red um, to symbolize the fire of the spirit. And um, we, at when I was at St. Ignatius, we always had um, called on the kind of the idea of Pentecost and what that meant for our graduates, that we are going out into the world, right? We're being sent. And so, it's the, you know, the title for graduation is commencement, this beginning, but I do like to tie it into this time of year that we are going forth to spread the gospel and to teach it and to share what we've learned in our school communities um, as communities of faith. So yeah, yeah happy that, birthday church. Well, and I love, I love that Peter is the head of the church, but Our Lady is the heart and the whole idea of, um, you know, maybe it's not coincidence that graduations and commencements take place, um, you know, as we're celebrating Pentecost, because that's what we're called to do in our academic lives. And it's what we're called to do in our faith life. And, you know, for many of us, those are the same. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know what your like relationship with the Holy Spirit is. And, you know, we talk about God as father, as son, you know, with Christ, but then, you know, we're called to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit too. And, there's no need for the spirit if Christ is still here. I mean, we have our own spirit when we're living, but the idea is he said, I'm not going to be with you, but my spirit will be with you. And that this spirit is, it's real, it's living, it's viable. And um, so I try to, you know, bring that to prayer and invoke in my own life. What does that mean to have the Holy spirit? Like, by my side, by, you know, leading these people to go forth. And again, that's 
what the role I think of a good commencement speaker is, is to kind of call that to attention of the graduates today. You know, Jimmy, I liked what he said about perfect stops here, meaning like you're going to, yeah. and it's not perfect, obviously it, in undergrad or in high school, but you're going to interview for a job and there's going to be things that you say and um, that may raise questions or eyebrows, but also on his end, he's like, I try to challenge the person who's being interviewed. Right. So what I'm trying to say here is like, yeah, when we go forth, we need that spirit because we are going to mess up and we are going to be challenged and we are going to need to respond in whatever way. Um, And the spirit is a force, I think. It's yeah, I, I think I've passive. all, yep, exactly. I think that's exactly how I've always felt it. You have the father, the son, and then you have this very active, um, engaged, moving, living Holy Spirit, right? The, the Holy Spirit is the action that is always guiding us. Yeah. So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy said. Spirit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Watch out. So, you know, as we think about Pentecost and graduations, um, you know, my my takeaway this week, we've got a, a couple big graduations um, in our life. We um, it's commissioning week here in Annapolis, which is, um, you know, the graduates of the, the United States Naval Academy are not they don't graduate. They are commissioned um, as officers into the U.S. Navy or the Marine Corps. So it's called commissioning week here. And it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a major time. It's it's a major celebration here in Annapolis. Mm. There's a lot of parties. There's a lot of people, um, you know, for our little small town of 45,000 people, we're about to welcome about 20,000 extra people. That's a lot, um, you know, for a, a a town that is about 400 years old with very narrow streets, it gets congested and the traffic, people don't know where they're driving. So it's a time of patience for me. It's a, it's a time that um, tests my patience. Um, certainly, I celebrate the midshipmen that we love, the two that are living in my basement, the ones that we've sponsored. Um, we really t- kind of try to take a back seat as, as, sponsor, as a sponsor family. Um, okay. We've seen our mids a lot. We see them, mm. you know, all the time. Um, their wow. families haven't. So we really try to let this be a time with their families and they're always so great in including us and inviting us to different events. And we, we have always kind of made it a point to, to not attend. Um, It's just, this is their time with their families. And as a, as a parent, I, I try to think of that perspective. Um, But my nephew is also graduating from the Air Force Academy this week. So all of the sort of excitement and pride that I've seen as a sponsor family over the past 17, 18 years, I'm feeling as a family member this year too, you know, you know, I haven't been an integral part of his day-to-day life at the Air Force Academy, but I kind of have more insight than maybe the rest of my family of what his four years have been like, just, you know, because an academy is an academy, although they would tell you they're very different. Um, So, you know, thinking of of my nephew as he um, is commissioned an officer in the Air Force, Congratulations the, to him. Yeah, yeah, the midshipman here too. And then, you know, today yeah. is is a very special and important day in Pittsburgh um, and in other parts as well. It is a day that is many are hoping will become a national holiday, um, but it's one that not many people have heard of, and it is one four three day. And okay. this is a day that was 
kind of, well, not kind of, was is based on uh, Fred Rogers. So Mr. Rogers, who we all know, whether we grew up watching his neighborhood or not, um, 143 represents the number of letters in um, the saying, I love you, which was an yeah. important part of, of his um, his show and the education that he provided. So today is 143 day. It is kindness day. I don't know if you remember, I think it was two two years ago, um, when they dress up all the babies like Mr. Rogers in, oh, um, no. I'll have to post a link to that. They, you know, and I, I haven't seen that movie Haley about his life either. I need to do that. Yes. With, with, um, Tom yeah. Hanks. So yeah. it is, you know, it's interesting. So I've paid more attention to Mr. Rogers over the last couple of months than I probably ever have in my entire life. I, I certainly watched a show growing up. I don't remember, oh. you know, being a fanatic of it, but I certainly have seen it. Um, some people really love Mr. Rogers. Um, yes. I am oh, yeah. definitely gaining more of an appreciation for him. Okay. He's, he's not someone I disliked. He's just not someone that um, I, sure I was a real, possible. right. I was a real follower of, but I'm becoming a follower of him. Okay. Um, one of my classmates at Notre Dame, he and his education partner wrote a book that came out about a month ago called when you wonder you are learning. And, and certainly that, that sense of wonder is a big part of the school where I work. So I was curious about this book. And of course I love to support any author that I know. So bought several copies, read the book and it's, excellent it it really it follows the science behind uh all of the things that mr rogers did in his tv show so he studied with dr spock who is a famous pediatrician he studied with eric erickson he you know studied at the university of pittsburgh with all these renowned scientists and the book goes into these decade-long studies of the importance of feeling comfortable in your environment as a student, the importance of diversity. You know, Mr. Rogers yeah. really brought in a, a whole diverse, you know, set of characters in into his um, his show. You know, the importance of wondering, the importance of inclusivity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's yep. fascinating to listen and read the the science behind how important it is to have a a thoughtful wondrous inclusive diverse community for learners and so certainly as an educator that spoke to me um, but it's a it's a really great book when you wonder you are learning so I am going to celebrate one four three day with with my neighbors um, we've got a are little, you yeah, yeah we've got a little little neighborhood this is like party week in Annapolis so we're gonna have a little okay. gathering. Yeah. Um, but it. it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating book. I would recommend it to, yeah. to, to any educator, certainly education right. of young children for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting cause you know, part of the backstory on the film with Tom Hanks was that the world really needs this right now. And this is before anything from the last 14 months. So right. I, I almost want to like, I'm, I need to watch, you know, golf today, as you know, and our listeners know, but I want to watch this stat ASAP. Um, it's true. I mean, we do need kindness. What a great message. And um, thank you for sharing that. I, I Last Sunday was the, um, was it Sunday or Saturday? Hall of Fame for the um, NBA and included somebody from the WNBA. So as you were speaking, I was thinking of one of the honorees is um, a woman named Tamika Catchings, and she 
her kind of so people would know about the Hall of Fame because Kobe Bryant was put in posthumously and you know his wife Vanessa spoke and said you know you did it um this is what you wanted and you know you bet on yourself and um Kobe even in his death is still controversial about what kind of teammate he was because he made everyone better but you know I don't think he's he wasn't known as a teammate for his kindness necessarily right but his work ethic his determination I mean those are the things we love about him and everybody offers something different so I don't want to speak you know disrespectfully but um one of the heroes of the event was this woman and she said, you know, to basketball chose me, this lanky, awkward tomboy. And she kept saying basketball chose me. And I, I kind of play with that idea quite a bit. You know, what do we choose, but what chooses us? And, and maybe that's the Holy spirit where like something is reaching to you. And why would she say that? I mean, she has like a hearing disability. So she really, I don't think she's fully deaf, but she had to wear hearing aids and she did not want to wear them. In fact, she hmm. threw them off and she learned to read lips. Um, she really overcompensated because she hated her disability. And her coach, the late Pat Summit, noticed this. And probably because her speech is a little bit, um, it's not delayed, but, you know, if, like in, like folks with a disability, it's, uh, it's not compromised, but it's just she noticed and um, she pulled her after practice and said, um, you know, when people can't see, what do they do? They wear glasses. When somebody has a limp or can't walk very well, what do they need? A cane. And she went through this list and then she said, you know, when someone can't hear um, sufficiently, what do they do? They wear hearing aids. And she really made it so that Tamika would accept that the conversation. So I love the outreach of coach summit. I'm not surprised she did that. Right. Um, she's also one of my heroes, but um, the only other part of the story that's worth mentioning is that, so she did, and that's why she became a great player and so great that she's in the hall of fame. If she hadn't had the hearing aids, would she have gotten there is the question? Probably not. She compensated, though. Her disability also became one of her strengths. So she had to be really observant. She paid close attention to movement and, um, you know, different direction, like that players would go or, you know, whatnot. So she became great with her disability and through her disability. Um, and I want to applaud that. And, um, you know, you talked about diversity. So just taking a chance on somebody like this look what we got. We have Tamika, um, you know, catchings and her story has inspired, you know, so many others that might have that same, any sort of, you know, again, disability, which can then become your strength. Right. And what a testament to coach, you know, Pat Summit as well to, to years ago, recognize that and, sure. and, and make an impact in a, in a time where maybe it wasn't as, you know, I, I feel like our world has done a much better place of being inclusive and diverse, although it's, you know, it's still, um, not anywhere where it needs to be. But, yeah, you know, for right. someone like Mr. Rogers, who was on TV 40, 50 years ago, and someone like, you know, Pat Summit, who was coaching 20 years ago, um, you know, kudos. I, I hope that in their position, I would be that way, right? I'm always yeah, inspired right. by people who are ahead of their times. And I find myself oftentimes thinking, okay, well, where am I now that, you know, in 20 years from now, you can look back and say, you know, oh, they got it right. They were ahead of their time. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Not sure I'm there yet, but certainly this week, um, I will keep one for three day, you know, the kindness in my heart and um, especially as traffic gets crazy um, and we'll 
take that time when I am maybe sitting in traffic, you know, praying for our graduates this week is whether it's the Air Force Academy, the Naval Academy, I'm sure the U.S. Military Academy is this week as well. But your graduates, my graduates, you know, the ones we know at our high schools and just across the country, um, it's a time to celebrate. The world is opening up. There's going to be a lot of celebrations. Um, yep. We hope everyone is safe and um, we'll certainly keep all of them in our prayers as as they go forth with the Holy Spirit and do the great works that we know that they can do. Yeah. You know, and I think in my prayer this week, I will just consider the limitations in our own lives. So in my life or, you know, um, you, you can think about yourself, your husband, your children, like, and then anyone, like how with our limitations, how can those be leveraged to be strengths, you know, as opposed to just getting down on things? Um, how can we see those as the opportunities for something greater? Um, and also, you know, we'll link the the speech, Jimmy John's speech, but he talked about just really building a foundation because you don't know, um, again, the joys or the struggles that you will face. So what are you doing now? Like you said, you're talking about forward thinking. What are we doing right now that, um, that could build for something great in 20 years? Or if you have an experience or a challenge, how will you respond now so that, yeah, 20 years from now, people are graduating from Villanova, they're graduating from Notre Dame, they're graduating from all these different schools because of your generosity or, right, your sacrifice that you were able to to give because of that foundation, so. Well, or because of the work that our teachers do as well, right, inspiring our, our young people too. Yeah. So. All right, Anne, have a great week. I look forward to following up next week. I'm going to hopefully report back that I was a little kinder. Uh, <laughs> and we can yeah, just, you know, one, four, three, repeat it to yourself. Yes. It's your new Holy Spirit, maybe. One, four, yeah. three, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Uh, combine that. Yes. So, and good job spelling Pentecost correctly. Um, appreciate that as a someone who always reads with like, oh, they spell something wrong. So good job. Um, word check on that. <laughs> Catching it. Thank yeah. you. Have a great week. Hey, you too. Thank you.